relevant photographers and videographers. Are you ready to book your dream clients in dream locations with dreamy vendors and dream details? Well, quit dreaming because we're ready to give you the exact strategies on how to do it. Join us for our free class. It's an inside look into our businesses as fully booked photographers and videographers that consistently book in our dream locations with our dream clients. We'll be telling you everything you need to know to get fully booked year-round by diversifying your portfolio, up-leveling your customer experience, networking with purpose, and building a business that supports your dream life. We are two fully booked elopement photographers and videographers ready to spill the tea. That's right. We aren't just teaching this stuff. We are actively doing it. Here's just some of what you're going to be learning from the live class. Booking high ticket destination weddings and elopements. Yes, even during a recession. Portfolio building with purpose. How to build a portfolio that books you dream weddings. Nurturing vendor relationships. Getting max returns on your investments. Meaning you'll make the most of every dollar that you spend to grow your business. This class is for you if you value traveling, creativity, and serving the hell out of your clients but you need help making money for a sustainable life and business. You're a photographer or videographer that values traveling, but you don't know how to book destination clients. You're a photographer or videographer who needs help expanding your network, serving other vendors, and building those vendor relationships. You're a photographer or videographer who wants to uplevel your business, but you have fear related to investing money to do so. Whatever your story is, there's space in this free class for you, Thrivers. Make sure you join us live because we are doing something crazy. We've never seen this before and we'll probably never do it again, but you want to show up live to take advantage of this new exciting thing that we're doing for you, Thriver. We can't wait to see you there. See you there. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Montana Diaries podcast. I am delighted to bring on Bailey Anselm from Bailey Creative Company because she truly paints a picture of what the practicality of being a hybrid creative and multi-passionate business owner looks like. Bailey has an amazing perspective on contentedness. Her personal philosophy on being happy centers around being comfortable with her style, with the life she's making for herself, with taking on jobs that make her feel inspired rather than following industry standards of completely niching down. Bailey's work is warm and beautiful, and Bailey herself is delightful, so I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Let's get right to it. Hi, my name is Shayna, and I'm a Montana-based, multi-passionate creative and the owner of Montana Diaries, a hybrid photography-videography company that specializes in adventurous wedding films. If you're a creative too, and by that I mean if you're a human person living on planet Earth, because all humans are creative beings, if you wonder at how to exist in the world as a maker of things rather than as a mindless consumer of things, if you think about what we to our communities, and if you're now wondering how this all fits into the big old capitalist machine we found ourselves in, yeah, me too. And this is the batshit podcast for you, little buddy. Welcome to Montana Diaries, the podcast. Right, Miss Bailey Anslum. I'm so excited that you're here today with us on the pod. I appreciate your time so much. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. 
Of course. I would be delighted if you would let the listeners know who you are and what you do. You bet. So um, like you said, my name's Bailey Anselm and I am from a teeny tiny town um, in South Central Iowa, just kind of in between Des Moines and the Missouri state line. Um, I'm a photographer, videographer, and graphic designer. And I uh, specialize in weddings and portraits and dabble in a little bit of commercial work. I absolutely love having multi-passionate creative business owners on the podcast because I think a lot of people struggle with picking a super specific niche but when people manage to niche down their genre and then still offer so many services within that genre I find that fascinating and I'd love to hear more about it. I've always been someone who's really interested in a bunch of different creative things like growing up I was I loved you know, hand drawing and painting and as well as like doing kid pics on, on the computer. I don't know if you are familiar with that. It was just like a, it's literally like the paint software where it's just drawing on the computer and taking pictures of my cats and everything. And so I've always had a bunch of different, um, things that I like to do. And then, um, going into college, I wasn't quite sure which avenue I could do professionally. I always thought that I don't think I could do photography full-time, but I still really enjoy doing it. So I went to school for graphic design and learned um, all the techie stuff about computers and all that stuff and did a couple different internships in social media marketing and just wasn't finding what, um, what I was really passionate about. And then once I graduated and moved back home, I was doing some marketing for a real estate company while doing photo on the side um, and started learning how to do video for weddings. I was starting to get asked from friends, like, you've got a camera, do you know how to do video? Um, And so I just enjoyed learning. So I have all of these things that I'm interested in. And then I just keep learning about, you know, the different the different ways that you can, um, utilize this stuff and, um, trying to niche down what I'm interested in has been kind of difficult, but, but yeah, I just can never, I haven't found something I can't put down creatively. Like I'm interested in, um, I just got done with a design project for a photographer doing some rebranding. I've got wedding videos that I'm working on. I've got wedding photos that I'm working on. I'm working with a real estate agent to put some commercial videos for her social media together. Like there's just so many things that I'm interested in and it's just hard to niche down because I enjoy it all. And people are always like, you need to like set boundaries for yourself. I'm like, I am, but I enjoy doing all of it. So why do I have to say no? I think Mm, I there's a few threads I want to take with everything you just said, but let's go ahead and start here. You said you're from a really small town, correct? Yep, that's where I'm currently living. Yep. I think there's a level of practicality that comes with living in a rural area that maybe sometimes the people giving business advice can't relate to so much anymore. I don't think there's anything wrong with serving your community the way you are as long as it feels right to you. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. I love that. One thread that has definitely been coming up again and again and again in these conversations with creatives is there's this sort of crossroads when um, people start looking into their early adulthood where they start thinking about practicality and career and money in regards to their creative lives. And it seems to be both a blessing and a bit of a roadblock for people. And I even just heard it a bit in what you just said about your experience 
Can you take us back to that time a little bit and talk about your thought process with trying to figure out how to be an adult and a creative at the same time? Where for me, it was hard. You know, you've got these dreams as a creative of where you want to go. And no matter what regard, if you're working a full-time job, if you're part-time, if you're um, whatever you're doing. And I think that it's hard to like set boundaries for yourself in regards to where you're putting your, um, your time and energy. I know when I was working full-time, um, I was limited by the amount of hours that I could spend doing that full-time marketing work versus, um, my part-time creative work. I was limited on, like, I could only work, you know, after hours. So that was 6 PM at night during the weekdays until I went to bed. And then on weekends, if I had them available, um, and that really, so wanting to put time and energy into both, um, to be able to financially support yourself as an adult, you know, you've got mortgages, you've got insurance, you've got all of these different things, groceries, I've got pets, you've got kids, like there's a bunch of things that you need to financially pay for. And then I always like to say you can't um, pour with empty glass. So um, where I struggled a lot managing my personal life with my creative life, um, had to do a lot with mental health and just health in general. Um, and being able to one, have, uh, have good mental health. Cause that's huge. Being able to, um, work for other people, serve other people is, um, is something that you've got to do with a, a healthy personality. You've got to like, you can't, not too many people who serve, um, who, people enjoy being served by or have poor attitudes, poor, um, just poor communication, communication skills, different things like that. Um, and so it really takes a toll on you when you can't, when you have all this time and you can't manage it properly and you want to put that energy into yourself, but you don't have the time because you're spending your time doing other things. And so I think that's a big thing. Um, with creatives, you see a lot of, um, a lot of burnout and a lot of different other things. And something that's been big for me is when I went full time, I made it, um, I made time for myself to, know that it's okay to go to the grocery store or go, it's okay to go take a walk. It's okay to take an hour and a half for lunch instead of an hour on certain days. Some days, if you don't feel like working, like. Calling all photographers for a free class. It's how to add video to your photography business in 2024 without buying new equipment. Listen, Video add-ons for clients set you apart from other photogs. Video holds viewers' attention for longer. Video is favored on social media platforms and in search results. It's time to take advantage of video and double your income in 2024. Whether it's to market your photo offers or to upsell video. This free class has everything you need to know about integrating video into your photography biz without buying new equipment. Getting super techie. Or wasting your precious time. Here's what you'll learn in this free class. One, why video is king online, aka why you should incorporate video into your business strategy. 
Two, the leg up that hybrid shooters have in the photo and video industries and why it is possible to learn with your existing equipment. Three action steps you can take right now toward incorporating video content. Join us for this free class at heythriver.com slash free video class. That's heythriver.com slash free video class. and you need to take a break, like it's okay to take a break. Just knowing your, um, your boundaries for yourself has been a struggle. And then something that I've had to learn in this past year, um, going full-time that I think is huge for all creatives. It's just, yeah, setting boundaries for yourself. There's definitely a cliche when it comes to artistry with the, there's the trope of the starving artist and There's the trope of the romantic depressed artist. And Mm -hmm. I am hoping that the tides are turning a bit on romanticizing and striving to be those two things because there's nothing wrong with wanting a stable, healthy, beautiful life and to center your life around your art and creativity. So I love where you just went with that. Taking it back a bit to um, cultivating your creative career. You mentioned in our earlier conversation before the podcast started that you studied, um, was it design in college? Yep. I studied a couple. So I did, my major was graphic design. um, And then I had a double minor in interactive media and marketing. So like web design and then marketing aspects. Interactive meaning? It was more, yeah. So like user experience with, you know, mobile apps and and web design, that kind of stuff. I was told um, in my initial college visit that if I wanted to go into graphic design and really diversify myself that I had to add some minors that would set me apart. So Mm -hmm. I think I took that in a bunch of different aspects of my life if I want to um, be attractive as a professional, then I need to diversify myself in a couple different avenues. It's crazy how permanent those decisions seem in that Mm -hmm. period of life, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I can imagine you're going to school for this specific thing. Um, I think having that focus for four years of your life must've been a little scary, right? Yeah, it was, it was kind of a lot because I mean, there's so many different ways that you can, every time that I would give a talk on my certain major, um, I did a couple different, you know, student showcases where they talked about their different majors to high schoolers and to get people thinking about what to study. And it just seemed like my presentations were so long because I was like you can literally take this in any single direction that you want to like whichever direction your passion pulls you 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 can apply these majors in in all directions so it's that part of the major is scary because you do all these projects and you're like how can I apply this to what I want to do I thought going into college I wanted to be like a sports marketer I wanted to work for like a major league team and do you know promotional items and that kind of stuff. Um, what drew you to I got, sports? Um, I was a four sport athlete in high school and kind of what got me really interested in sports media was just like looking at pictures after games. Like I would rush home after like a basketball game to go see the the photographer that was there. I'd go see their portfolio of the photos. And I, um, I did a little bit of, of sports photography in college too, just with the you know, the wrestling teams and the football teams. Um, 
I went to like a small NAI college in Des Moines. So very sports heavy. Our sports were um, big and I even played um, volleyball in college too. So I had connections to sports throughout my entire life. My sister's a, a PE teacher. My dad's a PE teacher. My uncle's a PE teacher. Like we're just all, <laughs> all okay. sports people. So, so it was more personal um, than yeah. the aspirational marketing bits. I how old are you, babe? Yeah, I am 24. I'll be 25 next month. Okay, so we're similar. I'm 25. Um, I'm also from an extremely small town, multiple sports. I think generationally, like what we were consuming in terms of sports marketing was very female-centric, which is amazing. Those Nike campaigns with um, targeting female track athletes, those were always in my sort of zeitgeist (laughs) and um the yeah I think Nike was big and Lululemon sort of exploded in our adolescence and so there there was a lot of like uh imaging images and messaging kind of being thrown our way during our um teenage years so I was just super curious about if that was what was drawing you towards sports marketing. Yeah, I think that, um, and I've, I, again, being multi-passionate, I loved, uh, sports. I loved taking photos and I loved design. And so that felt like a way where I could take photos at games or take photos in a studio. And then I could take those and apply them into some sort of marketing. Um, I did, and I still do, I guess, like the sport calendars for like my, my high school. Um, I work with a photographer who takes the photos and then I put together the schedules and all of the um, sponsors and everything. Like that's, I guess that's kind of an aspect of, um, of my past, my past self, like wanting to do that kind of stuff that I still get to kind of live out in, in a little bit of a way, any way that I can intermix all of my passions into like one big passion project type of thing. It just kind of sets my soul on fire. Cause I'm, I'm the type of person who doesn't like to just do like one thing. Like I had a couple different internships where all I did was schedule social media posts and I hated it. And so if there's anything where I can be hands-on with photo and design and video and different things, and just utilizing all of my different um, skills and talents to put together like a big project like that, that gets me amped up. And I just get super excited about, um, being able to utilize all of my different, um, passions and skills and stuff, not in the sense of like, I want to show it off or anything, but being able to do a variety of things keeps life interesting. I think. Absolutely. I hope you're loving this episode of the Montana Diaries podcast. This message is for photographers wanting to integrate video into their existing photography businesses with the equipment they already use. I wrote a free PDF guide just for you, friends. Head over to montanadiaries.com slash hybrid handbook to get started with hybrid shooting photos and videos. That's montanadiaries.com slash hybrid handbook. I cannot wait to see what you create. And I'm I'm hearing a lot of practicality from you. Was there ever a big dream? Was Is there a big goal that you find yourself striving for? Or is it more of cultivating a lifestyle? I think it's more just cultivating lifestyle. I think, um, 
I think I always thought that I had to do certain things to get so many followers or to make so much money in order to be successful. And what I found is I'm just trying to be happy. Like I, it's crazy that like when I look back, it's been almost a year since I went full time and it doesn't even feel like a year. And so it, it just shows me that, you know, time is going by every second. It's crazy. You don't know how far you've come until you look back and it's like, holy cow, I've grown so much in a year. Where is time gone? It's just going to keep going by this fast and you just got to live in the moment and do your absolute best whether that's in business or with family or your personal health or like whatever you're doing. And so I've just lived or I've decided that in order to be successful, it's making myself happy and doing what makes me happy. And what does happy mean? So a part of my brand is being comfortable. So like I've got my hair pulled up. I'm in a big cozy flannel. I've got leggings on and big fuzzy socks. Being able to feel, feel like you are where you're supposed to be. And I've struggled with mental health in in different ways in business and in social life and just feeling like I'm content. And I don't like to use the word content because sometimes people are like, we should be more than content or whatever, but just feeling comfortable in where you're at, whether, whether that's in business and appreciating this time in your life, um, the level that you're at, seeing how far you've come, being comfortable in your housing situation, being happy in your relationships, appreciating the now and knowing that it's going to get you to where you are ultimately want to be. So you can spend your whole life wanting more and more and more. And like, I want to be that You keep saying you a lot. Who's you? Is it you, Bailey? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I like to think so. Yes, you is me. Um, but uh, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> you is me. Um, <laughs> That's the title I, of your episode. You is me with yeah. Bailey. <laughs> you is me. It's so hard for me to just say like, this is me. Let's talk about me. Like I, I like to, I can always sit here and think about like, I want to be an alone photographer in the mountains and all this stuff. Like I could, I can say that's my big goal, but I still need to appreciate where I'm at and to really think about what I can do now to be successful into driving that goal. And so I think that's, um, that's what I've really tried to cultivate in my lifestyle is to really appreciate where I'm at right now um, in order to, like, I, I can't say right now that I have a whole lot of goals just because I, I'm so invested in just living in the now and living in, in like, like I can say that I, I don't like living in this camper because, you know, it's 13 degrees outside and I don't have running water or something like that. But when I, when I get to where I'm like 40 or 50 and I'm sitting in my home with my husband and kids and I'd be like, Oh, remember when we used to live in the, in the camper? Like I'm going to appreciate those memories. I may not appreciate it now, but I've got to learn to appreciate it now because it's going to be gone fast. Yeah. I, I love that. I'd love to connect the story thread for the listeners though. Will you explain the camper situation? (laughs) (laughs) So um, last year when I went full time, my husband, our two dogs and I moved into a camper. We are located on his grandpa's 
farm um, in South Central Iowa. And he's actually, so when his grandpa was building his house, he lived in a camper in the same spot. So he's got like septic tank hookups. He's got electricity. He's got everything. So we're all good right here. Um, We are actually in the process of building our dream home just down the road. (laughs) Congratulations. Yes, we're super excited. Um, So his grandpa's got like... 100, 200 acres on this side of the road and his uncle's got, you know, 100, 200 acres on that side of the road. And so we just parceled off a little 15 acre piece um, that we'll, we'll start building in the spring, hopefully, um, if this winter's not too long. But I love yeah, the so idea of listeners who live in a city trying to imagine parceling off 15 acres of property. <laughs> I know it's it's crazy yeah I agree I it is funny uh I I tend to look around for pieces quite a bit and in our area it's normal to buy like five to ten acres that's about the land size but I look at other parts of the state and it's like 0.3 acres (laughs) yeah and I yeah and I worked in real estate for about two years just marketing it all Bailey (laughs) I've I've seen where, you know, you get a a hundred by 120 little square piece of ground to, you know, build residential or I think the biggest piece was, oh, 300, 500 acres, but it was like farmland. But Mm -hmm. that's, yeah, it's crazy just to try to imagine land size. And I'm from like rural Iowa, so I'm surrounded by like thousands and thousands of just agriculture so it's yeah um yeah it's it's crazy so little bailey let's talk about little girl (laughs) bailey is this what you imagined building a house on a bunch of land no it's always been it's been a dream of mine my grandpa is actually a farmer too in southwest iowa and so he's got a couple thousand acres down there too so i've always enjoyed farm life I've always enjoyed like rural countryside um just like quiet peace and quiet is perfect for me um but until I met my husband I've always kind of accepted the fact that I may not be able to get what I think is my dream life situation as far as like living out in the country and stuff so I've always been kind of and this goes back to me being happy and stuff it's hard for me to get excited about something knowing that um, I don't want to get so excited that I have my dreams crushed. So I've always been open to the idea of different versions of what a dream life could look like. Like at one point I thought that my dream life could either be living on a farm or like living in a loft in downtown Chicago. Like I've accepted the different realities that my life could go into Um always having like my heart and soul in Iowa and being a a Midwestern. And um, so it is the dream. You just didn't want to call it that. Yep. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yes. Um, Um, So I, what I'm getting at is I let (laughs) release all of that for a second. I want to talk about the dream. I want to hear about this house. I want to hear about what you're excited about because you're allowed to be excited. Let's talk about it. Yeah, we've got 15 acres over there and it's kind of a weird shape. It, I mean, it's it's we're on top of a hill and then like half of it slopes down and it kind of flattens out towards the bottom. And so we are building a 
Oh, on the main floor, it is three bedrooms, two and a half bathrooms, open concept with a vaulted ceiling and a three car garage. It's got something my husband absolutely loves is a four season room. So it's actually got like a screened in porch option that we're going to try to to close off. Yep. He's a, he's a napper. So he, (laughs) he wanted a, a four seasons room and then it's actually got a separate office space, which is huge. So we found, um, we looked at a bunch of different websites for um, floor plans, and I found um, I found one, and we purchased the plans. And my husband's in construction, so we're going to try to, nice. for the most part, he's going to be the project manager of it. So hopefully, it'll save us some money. But yeah, and then it'll have a walkout basement, and we're hoping to eventually, you know, put in a, a pond because he likes to fish, and it's just a really pretty area that like I could bring couples or like anybody to to do uh, photo sessions and stuff that's kind of like yeah that is the dream so and my parents so where I grew up my parents have a really pretty timber in their backyard and I'm like this would be awesome to just have my home where I could bring people to do stuff like I don't have to worry about anybody else being out here it's always here it's a special place to me um so that's that's a big thing for me that sounds lovely I even loved the uptick in your voice talking specifics because <laughs> you are excited. <laughs> Do you yeah. know your Enneagram number? I am a nine wing one. So and I'm like a people. Sounds about player. right. <laughs> yeah. I'm a yep. four wing three. So I'm the crazy ass of the Enneagram numbers. <laughs> uh, but, um, the uh, the one that osculates between crazy business capitalist brain and crazy creative artist brain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's I don't get the middle ground. That's amazing. I <laughs> if I had to guess, I think that's what I would have guessed. <laughs> yeah. People um, once they meet me, they're, they're pretty much like, yeah, I, yep, that's who you are. <laughs> it, I'm pretty. I'm pretty puity about a lot of things. There's not too many things I'm like in the middle of. I'm just straightforward. Yeah. I love it. Goodness gracious. So can we talk about the story of how your photography business started? What like specifically what it was like going into photography and then we'll branch off into more of your business story. Yeah. So I got into professional photography when my grandma actually hand handed down one of her old DSLRs. It was a Nikon and I can't even think of what it was. Um, <laughs> but I just had the DSLR because my grandma knew I liked photography, never used it for anything. Um, and in high school, I worked for a local photographer who I did like assistant work for kind of back end stuff. And then she knew I had a DSLR and just on a whim was like, do you have any interest in like second shooting weddings with me? I'm like, just so you know, I have like, no, I've like the last wedding I went to was back in like 2005. I'm just like, I have no idea anything about weddings. She's like, that's fine. I just need someone there to like help me move lights and like take a couple of pictures every once in a while. I'm like, sure, I'll do it. And I went and I absolutely fell in love with it. And, um, And I told her that I'm like, I really enjoy doing this. I would love to, you know, keep doing this with you. Um, Cause I knew that she was actually kind of starting to try to get out of the wedding photography game. Um, 
so she wasn't doing too many. It wasn't overwhelming to me the amount of weddings we were doing. And then when I went to college, I actually started getting to the age where some of my friends were getting married. And so um, the majority of my projects were for my friends, taking their wedding photos, taking their engagement photos. My first solo wedding was actually in Washington state. So I had a friend from Iowa who was marrying a guy from Seattle areas where they got married. So I don't know for sure where he's from, but we actually road tripped across the country Mm. to go their wedding photo and video. So that was when I tell people that was my first wedding. And they like people, when people ask me if like, how'd you get into it? I'm like, well, my first one was like a cross country road trip to Washington. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh my gosh, like, how'd you do that? I'm like, it was my best friend from high school. So it's not that cool, but, but just like using the resources that you have to like get into what you want to do. So that was my first wedding. And then just more friends getting engaged and stuff. As I started to grow in weddings, I started doing more for friends and family and stuff. And then they would post about it and share about it. Um, I would just, it's the majority of my early stuff was more word of mouth than anything. I had no idea how to market myself as a wedding photographer. Um, I like, I'm pretty sure I delivered galleries on Amazon photos because it was <laughs> like a free gallery. I was like, I don't want to pay for this. Cause I don't know how often I'm going to use it. So, yeah. um, so this was very, very much basic. a side project. Yes, it was all side. I never thought, even throughout college, I'm like, there's no way that I would be able to be a full-time photographer. Like, that just doesn't seem, like, I don't trust myself enough to create a life for myself where I could be my own boss full time, um, and be comfortable with it. So that's kind of where I held myself back. And then once I graduated and started getting, you know, I think last year I had maybe 10 weddings. I really need to go back and count, but like this next year I have 20 to 25 weddings, which is absolutely best. Most it is. It's amazing, but it's also nerve wracking before, you know, how that workload feels. It's so crazy. Cause I still get like imposter syndrome and think that like, I'm not worthy of, of, you know, doing what I do. And then I look back and I'm like, well, I did like 10 weddings last year and now I have double that. And I'm already, go- I'm already like half booked for the next year. I'm like, how, like people obviously see something in, in me that, you know, I, am not allowing myself to see in myself kind of I how that. I got started. Yeah. That's hard to admit too. I, it is when I think about the early years and the insecurities attached to my work, um, a lot of it was attached to money. I, I think that's fair to say it was attached to how to properly run a business because there's, there's something about entrepreneurship that there's an implicit thing you're saying. And that thing is I need money for this service that I'm providing. And I expect people to pay me to provide it. But when it's Mm -hmm. a creative service, when you're making something in your style for a client, there's a lot of psychological (laughs) blocks that come with that and things you have to overcome. So I really appreciate you saying that. I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. So today you are in, is it year two of shooting photo and video? Yes. Yes. And um, I'd love to hear you talk about that process, what it's like to 
be a hybrid creative because it's not just photo video. It's also some graphic design. So Miss Bailey, I would love to uh, talk about being a multi-passionate business owner because you do provide a few services in your business. Can you speak to that a bit and just give out any advice or encouragement to other multi-passionate business owners who want to provide more than one thing? You bet. So um, I would say that it's okay to have more than one passion. I think as a creative, when I was starting to get into becoming self-employed, a lot of the resources I was looking at told you to niche down, find what you're passionate about, focus on one thing and just do that. You're going to be seen as the true, um, the true expert in your field if you focus on one thing, which I found really hard to resonate with because I do enjoy photographing weddings. I do enjoy videoing weddings. I like taking photos of seniors. I like like coming back in a couple months and taking photos of their family. Like there are so many things that you can be passionate about and it's okay to act on those passions as long as it's making you happy and you're able to do it. Um, I think finding a good balance in that workload and knowing just how long it's going to take you for some projects. Like um, it's been a, a learning curve for me now that I'm starting to offer video, just how long those projects take um, and being able to properly monetize those. I think that's something when you, you get into it, you charge either your free or you're charging too cheap. And then you go in and you figure out just how much time and effort it takes and learning how to properly establish a price versus value situation for those. And so practicing in a bunch of different things, you know, taking advantage of the free resources you have, YouTube, Google, different things. Um, And then once you find out what you're passionate about, you can go and take mentorships with certain people and taking advantage of not only the free resources, but finding what resources you want to take seriously. Um, I think it's okay to have a bunch of different passions. No, I love that. I, I do want to give the encouragement to anyone listening to this who wants to maybe start a creative business or wants to branch out into multiple things. Uh, not every piece of advice you're finding online is going to relate to you or your business or the market you're serving. Uh, Bailey had mentioned earlier, she's in a really small town. So if you're trying to take business advice that relates to scaling a business and making more money in a market that will support that super niched down philosophy, uh, you might not find the same sort of success that you're hoping for. So it a lot of it's just listening to your own heart and your own intuition and your own gut feeling about what you should be doing in your life and business. And that's something I support wholeheartedly. And I love that you're speaking to that. I thought that when I started my business, I needed to just be a photographer. And if I really enjoyed doing weddings the most, I needed to focus on couples and weddings. Um, so I went to a bridal show, like a vendor fair, and I had done videos in the past. And when I went there, I looked around and there were two other photographers, a handful of bakers, a stationist, and if I a stationary person, I don't know if that's what you call this. <laughs> a stationist. A stationist. I like that. They should borrow it. But there were a whole bunch of wedding vendors there and there was no videographers. And I 
met with the one bride who was there only to look for a videographer. Her wedding was in two months. She was looking for a videographer. I whipped out my iPad because that's what I keep my schedule on, pulled up my YouTube and I'm like, hey, this is a wedding video I've done in the past. She's like, love it. Here's my information. Send me the details. And I booked her. So like, if you've got any sort yeah, if there's any sort of interest you have as far as branching out your skills, even if you don't currently have that skill set you're and you're still interested, like act on those, see if that's a right fit for you. Like there's always a need for what you provide. Otherwise you wouldn't have the need to do though. So yeah, I think just acting on your interest and if you're curious about things, mm. try them out. Like there's no sense in not trying it out. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Just like anyway, you. I have to tell you that word shows up in every interview. I love it. Curious. Which word? Oh, curious. curious. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think it's, it's such a powerful thing. I think if you like creativity is synonymous with curiosity and more action oriented would be following that curiosity. So I think it's Liz Gilbert that says, if you find yourself saying you're not a creative person, try to replace that with, I'm not a curious person and just see how that feels. So mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. I love that you saw a need in your area and you filled it. And it was a need that you're also able to fulfill because you're curious about that uh, medium, which is film. And I just adore you. And thank you so much for sharing your story today. I know it's not the most natural thing for you. I hope I did. All right. (laughs) You did amazing. I think people are going to love you. Um, I would love more than anything for you to tell everybody where they can find you online. So I am on my website's baileycreativeco.com. My Instagram is baileycreativeco and my Twitter might be Bailey Anslum, but I wouldn't, <laughs> that's probably the best avenue. For, DM for Bailey my... on Instagram to ask for her Twitter so you can get those fire tweets. <laughs> yeah. I think I just like post like, more highlights on Twitter every once in a while. I don't think it gets anything, but I just know <laughs> there's a more active on there. I might as well just post yeah. some stuff. You might be the first uh, uh, photographer, videographer to blow up because of Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Where are all your uh, books from? from Twitter? Yeah. No. Well, Bailey, but, c- congratulations yeah. on your new house and on your continued success in this (laughs) crazy freaking time with photography and videography yeah thank you so much for having me it's been awesome and that was bailey anslim with bailey creative company i hope you loved this conversation as much as i did Go follow Bailey on Instagram at Bailey Creative Co. and me at Montana.Diaries. Screenshot this pod and tag us for your stories so we can say hey. Leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It helps way more than you know. Anyway, bye! 
Hey Thrivers, we're so excited to announce our May workshop on May 22nd on the Oregon coast. This is not just a styled elopement shoot. This is content for your portfolio. This is implementation for how to use the content. This is creative community. This is up-leveling your business with practicing with hybrid shooting photo and video, if that's your jam. I'm Danielle, I'm an SEO and blogging expert and the owner of Defy Creative Co. And I would love to have you come join us so you can learn how to rank on Google and book all your dream weddings on the coast. We we can't wait to meet you at an incredible cabin in Tillamook, Oregon, and then end the shoot on the Oregon coast before tons of implementation time. Let's talk about the vibe for the style a little bit. So the vision for the Oregon coast, think really like flowy, earthy, simple sea grasses instead of major florals, pretty natural and true to the elements, ah, ceramic, organic. My God, it's gonna be good. Hey friends, I'm Maddie, a personal branding photographer for creatives. I will be there getting all the BT content, all the behind the scenes photo and video, plus headshots to help you with marketing post content day. You'll be getting raws and edited from Devin and Shay. Tickets are available now, so snag them before they're gone. We can't wait to see you there.